Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Egler, and today I'm back with a solo episode where I'm going to be breaking down some crucial mindsets and some crucial lessons that you can use this next year to really blow up your business. And they're things that have really blown up, helped me blow up my businesses. So I'm pumped about this episode because I'm going a little bit deeper than we normally go. So before we jump into the content today, I want to ask you to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever, subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get notified when new episodes release and it helps us reach more new listeners. So thank you so much for listening today. Let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Carrie here today with a solo episode for you. I got some things I want to share, some things in my heart. And I want to start off by telling you uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I don't know exactly what date you're hearing this. I don't know when this date, when this episode will come out. But I hope you've had a, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas or you will have a wonderful Christmas. And I hope you've had a phenomenal 2023. I know for me, it's been uh, amazing in so many ways, but it's also been very challenging in 2023. Um, I lost my dad in 2023, which was a wild uh, thing to go through. And there's been there's been it, all kinds of challenges throughout the year. But I have some good news for you. In 2023, I actually had the biggest year uh, revenue-wise in my businesses ever. And so, you know, I've been doing online business for seven-ish years or so. And 2023 was the largest year uh, by far. I was actually up 60% in revenue over 2022 in 2023, uh, just between all my businesses. So it was an awesome, awesome year for me. And so what I'm going to do today is just share three uh, kind of like mindsets and lessons uh, that I've learned both this year and in, in recent years that have helped me get to where I am today and helped me achieve that, that revenue growth in 2023 and just helped me grow my businesses overall. So Really excited to do this. It's a little bit of a different episode. Uh, you know, typically we're going through pretty hard strategy, pretty uh, you know, strategy and kind of tactical stuff, and breaking that down. But today, a little bit different, and so I'm gonna be going a little bit deeper. But I will let you know these these are not none of these are super duper you know deep thoughts. And also, with each point that I make, with each kind of mindset I'm talking about, I want to give you actionable steps on how you can how you can grow your business with these mindsets. And so it's not just going to be, you know, me just talking about kind of crazy things out there, you know, mindsets that are hard to apply. I actually want to help you apply these into your business. And what I want to let you know is if you will stay and hang out with me through this episode and really, really uh, kind of kind of hone in and listen close and then apply this, it's definitely going to make a huge impact in your business. So definitely hang out with me for this episode. It's going to be super impactful because all these things have, have very much impacted me in a big, big way. So with that out of the way, let's dive into the first lesson. And the first lesson that I want to talk to you about is to simplify everything always. Do less to accomplish more. I think as entrepreneurs, um, we are just wired to want to do all the things at once, right? Um, I think this is true of most entrepreneurs. And that's one of the reasons we are entrepreneurs is because we have ideas and we want to impact the world and we, we want to make this big impact. We want to do great things. And so 
you know, we, we are trying to figure out what's the fastest way I can accomplish this. How can I do more? Right. And a lot of times the answer that a lot of people come to is that you need to be everywhere all at once, right? You need to do all these things all at once. But what I have learned is that the simpler you can make business, the easier it will be for you. And it will end up being more profitable. And this has proven itself for me time and time again in, in my journey is that simplifying the, the entire business allows you to become way better in the things that actually matter. And so, you know, I want to bring up just an old saying that you've probably heard, you know, that says the jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> but here's what I've learned is that becoming a master of a few things pays way better than becoming the jack of all trades, right? Let me say that again. Becoming a master of a few things pays way better than becoming a jack of all trades. And so I think when it comes to print on demand, because I want to bring this home to print on demand. I want to talk specifically about print on demand, apparel, you know, this kind of business that we talk about often on this podcast. I, I work with, with, so many students every day in our coaching program, but also inside shirt school. Uh, I'm privileged to be able to do that. And, and the things that I see, and, and maybe this resonates with you, is that so many people want to have a bunch of different brands, right? We want to have three different stores all at once. We want to, this is a huge one, is we want to be on every social media platform, right? We go out there and we're like, well, in order to be you know, impactful, I've got to be on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Snapchat, all the, all the places, right? Um, we're trying to release tons of new designs all the time. Um, we're, ju we're just trying to be everywhere all at once. We're trying to do all the things. We got to do email. We got to do SEO. We got to do all these things, right? And so I see this all the time. And, and, and where I've struggled with it the most is that I always have a new business idea that I want to start. Right? I always have a new business idea I want to start. There's always something that I want to be adding or something I want to be doing that's new. Right, I'm always looking for the new and fresh thing. And you know what I've learned is that if I'll focus in on one thing and really make that the priority and spend more time on that one thing, that it will grow exponentially bigger than it could if my attention was divided into all these different things. And, um, you know, I heard it explained like this one time that was very impactful to me is that, you know, we could explain it with a pie and this pie is called the, the, the pie of focus. And basically you have, you have a circle of focus. You only have so much that you can focus on at once. If you think about it like a pie, if you were to add a second thing, you have one thing you're focused on, you add a second thing, that pie is going to be split right down the middle. And now you can only give 50% of your attention to the first thing and 50% of your attention to the second thing. And you, know, you think of it like a pizza or a pie. If you add another thing, you start to split that pie even more. You add another thing, you start to split that pie even more until your attention is divided up. You only have so much attention and you're dividing it up between so many things that none of those things can grow uh, because you're focused on too many things, right? Another thing I just wanna add here briefly is that um, another thing that we do as entrepreneurs, which in, in the beginning stages is, is maybe crucial, maybe it's, you have to do it, right? Is we are wearing a lot of different hats, right? We're the marketer, we're the designer, we're the website builder, we're the, you know, all the things, right? We're the fulfillment, we're everything. 
And that's why it's so important. I just want to kind of drive this in here is that it's so important to, that we use the tools and technology at our disposal to make things easier, right? We use things like print on demand to make the fulfillment process automated, right? We use tools that like AI to help us design more designs quicker, to write more ad copy, to create more social media posts, to do all these things. You know, we, we don't just talk about AI on this podcast or in the content that I make because it's like, just the new cool hot thing, right? We talk about it because it actually creates more time freedom for you. It, it, it works as maybe an employee that you wouldn't otherwise be able to hire and it just frees you up, gives you more time freedom. And so it's important that we use these things to optimize our time and simplify everything that we do. So when it comes to print on demand, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to, with every lesson, I want to give you actionable steps on how you can apply this in your business. So when we talk about print on demand and we talk about this lesson of simplify everything always, anytime you can simplify something, simplify it. When it comes to print on demand, here's how you can simplify in your business. Number one, build one brand or go with the marketplace strategy, but only pick one. So there are really two paths in print on demand to sell and have success. Number one is what we really focus on on this podcast, and that's building your own brand, usually on Shopify. You're building your own website. You're fully in control of your own marketing, right? And usually you're using social media, paid advertising, and email marketing to grow that brand. The other strategy, which we do not really focus on or teach, is the marketplace strategy. That's where you list hundreds of designs on marketplaces like Amazon, Redbubble, Teespring, um, all these different marketplaces, maybe Etsy, you know, Etsy's another one, where people can go on and use search terms to find products. This, we don't really teach this method, right? We teach the building a brand method. And so that step number one on how you can simplify, go pick only one, either build a brand or go with the marketplace strategy, but don't try to do both. I see a lot of students that want to build a brand, but then they also want to list all these designs on all these different marketplaces, and you need to pick one. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, focus on one social media platform. Don't try to be on all the social media platforms at once. I know it's super tempting, but number one is usually your ideal customer is hanging out on a specific platform or they're congregating more on a specific platform, right? If you have millennials as your you know ideal age group, they're probably on Instagram. If younger Gen Z is your ideal age group, they're probably on TikTok. If they're millennials and, and maybe older than that, they're probably on Facebook, right? So focus on one social media platform. And the other thing here is all the algorithms are different. And I want you to get really good and master one of those algorithms so that you have a better chance of going viral. You have a better chance of attracting an audience because you can get really good at how that specific algorithm works and you can have content go much more viral than maybe other places, right? You know, even though on the surface reels and TikTok videos might seem the same, right? They're both short form formatted the same. The algorithms on Instagram and TikTok are very different. They work very different. And so if you if you learn how to, to use the algorithm to your advantage on TikTok, it might be a whole different skill set to learn how to use that to your advantage on, on, uh, on Instagram, right? And vice versa. 
okay? So number two is focus on one social media platform. Be the master of that social media platform. Don't try to be on all of them. Number three, build your email list and send emails to it every week, okay? Make it a priority to make that email list grow, okay? Drive traffic to your website, have a pop-up, grow that email list. And even when you have a small email list, send emails to them every single week because you're gonna get better and better as you do it more and you're gonna have a lot of success with email. Number four, choose a set number of new designs you'll release each month, okay? Don't just release designs sporadically. Actually have a set number of designs that you will commit to release each month, okay? And number five, use paid ads to scale your best designs. Now, this is kind of a, this is almost like a little print-on-demand business plan right here, but I want you to look at it as a way to simplify, okay? So I said number five was use paid ads to scale your best designs. Instead of using paid ads, it's not a bad idea to use paid ads as a testing tool, but instead of doing that, use organic social media and email to test new designs and see which ones get a little bit more a uh, little little bit more juice a little bit more engagement than other designs and use paid ads as a tool to scale up those designs the sales of those designs and get those out into the marketplace quicker so just to recap this number 1 focus on building a brand or going the marketplace strategy I teach, we teach building a brand. So I'm going to encourage you to go with building a brand. Okay. So focus on one brand, not 10 brands, not five brands, not three brands, not two brands, one brand at a time, master one social media platform, focus on building your email list and sending emails each week, release only a set number of designs per month and use paid ads as a scaling tool to scale up the sales of your best designs. Outside of those things, there shouldn't be anything else you're doing, right? You can, you can boil it down to those five things uh, as far as action to take and really simplifying this entire business, okay? You don't have to release a new design every day or even every week. You don't have to be on every social media platform at one time. You don't even have to be SEO optimized. I know, I know it's crazy. You don't have to run ads on Facebook, TikTok, and Google all at the same time. You don't have to write the most eloquent emails, okay? Simplify, right? You, you, the excuse here... Let's say on the email, you might say, I hear a lot of people say, it was just like, I don't know what to write in emails. Just start writing them and start sending them. You'll get better as you go, okay? Put, put some products in an email and, and say, check out our best-selling designs and give them a discount code and send it over and over each week, okay? And just tweak it a little bit. And you will get better and better. You don't have to be perfect to start. And the great thing is, is that when you are starting, there's not gonna be a lot of people on your list or people that are seeing your content. And that's the time you want to be bad is when nobody's watching. Okay. As you're learning, you don't want to have a big audience when you don't know what you're doing, right? You will get better as you grow and, and yeah, you'll get better at that. Okay. So simplify everything always is lesson number one. All right. Lesson number two is the deepest of the three, but I am, I'm excited to share it with you and I haven't really shared this with anybody. So I'm going to do my best to kind of to, to really to really do it right. But number two is when there is no hope for the future, there is no power in the present. That's deep. Let's go. Let me say that one more time. When there is no hope for the future, there is no power in the present. This is actually something I heard very recently and I heard it from my pastor in church. And it and it and it I what I do is 
no matter where I hear these things, sometimes I hear things in church and they, I instantly, they go to my business. And this was one thing that kind of impacted me on a lot of different levels, my family, my own life, my personal life. Um, and, and then, but especially in, in my business, I really thought about it in my business. And my pastor told this story that I want to share with you about this, this city or town in called, uh, in Maine of Flagstaff, Maine this little town of Flagstaff, Maine. Now, I assume most people listening to this do not know the story of Flagstaff, Maine, because number one, I didn't know, I'd never heard this story. But number two, when I started researching that this story, there's actually not a lot of stuff out there. You can find it on Google, but it's not this well-known story. But this was a town in Maine that was actually abandoned and dismantled and, and demolished in some ways in 1950. Uh, this little little town in Maine. And basically what happened was it's a little town in Maine. It's a, it's a, you know, somewhat growing, but it's a, it's a strong town. They have strong community. Um, and in 1930, there was a power company that was expanding in Maine. Okay. This power company, electricity expanding in Maine. And basically in order to keep expanding, this company had to build a dam through the town of Flagstaff that would put the town completely underwater by the year 1950. This is a true story. It's pretty crazy. So basically what happened was this, you know, and I don't know all the ins and outs, but this company that was expanding and they had to build this dam. It was going to go right through the, through the town of Flagstaff, Maine. And so of course they went to all the people in Flagstaff and they said, you know, this is what's happening. You're going to have to get out of here by, you know, whatever the year is, 1948, 1949, around, around, around that time. And so interesting what happened to the to that town when there was all of a sudden no hope for the future it's crazy to think about that you know people stopped mowing their lawn people stopped the improvements they were making to their home um, they stopped constructing new new buildings and new homes right businesses started to shut down in anticipation of this town is going to be underwater right Kids stop going to school because why, why would I need to go to school? They're, they're, they're shutting down my school. They're tearing down my school, right? It's going to be underwater. It's so interesting because once there was no hope for the future, they, there was no power in the present, right? Pe- people didn't have anything they wanted. To, there was nothing to do because it, there was no impact it was going to make in, in the future. And so I just think that story is so interesting. But to kind of bring this back to your business, you must have vision for where you're going. Without vision for the future, you become crippled in the present. You don't know what you need to be doing each day because you're not working towards anything. And I have a little bit of a confession here, you know, to, to kind of relate this to me is, you know, there's been days this year and I've, I've gone through a lot this year. As I mentioned, I, I lost my dad in June, but there's been many days this year where I, I wake, I, I've, I've woken up, you know, in the morning, get the kids off to school and, you know, get ready for work. And I, and sometimes I come to my office and I, and I'm sitting at the computer and it's like, what do I do? I don't know what, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Um, and some of that has to do with, with other things happening in life and, you know, things that I'm dealing with and going through. But what I realized that it really hit me when, um, you know, when he, when he said this in the, in the church service was that I have to have goals and vision for the future in my business, because that will shape what I'm doing right now today. 
right? If, if people are not going to hear this podcast episode in the future, it, it, it brings little meaning. It makes it the meaning very small to what I, to me recording this episode today, right? It, it, it lessens the power that I have today. Um, if there's no, there's no hope that people will listen to this in the future, right? Some that you have to power through when you're when you're a beginning business. Not you know, p- many people aren't going to see your business when you're just starting out. But I think it's so important, and I want to bring this back to 2024, New Year beginning, right? And and it can be somewhat cliche to uh, talk about New Year's resolutions, and most people don't stick to them. And we say we want to lose 20 pounds, and New Year that's my goal, and it's like you know you don't stick to it, and and, and most people I, I don't remember the stat, but you know most people most people fail their new year's resolutions uh, pretty quickly but when we talk about our business cuz i want to i want to keep this focused on our business and growing our business we have to set goals it is so important to set goals uh, for the new year in your business because it gives you vision for 2024 it gives you hope for 2024 what that allows you to do is make progress progress in the present toward those goals it shapes what you do in the present if you have hope for where you want to be in the future, if you have vision for where you want to be in the future. I hope, I really hope this is hitting home for you. This was so big for me this year. And I just realized that I need to know where I'm going in my business. I need to know what the big picture is. Again, what the vision is. Because when I wake up in the morning and I come to my office or I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing in my business, all of a sudden, you know, there's power in what I'm doing and I'm, I'm busier and I I'm working on things that matter because I know where I'm going. I can see where I want to go in the future because I have those goals. So here's how you can become powerful in the present by creating hope for the future in your business. Now, what I'm going to go through with you is a little bit of goal setting for 2024. Very simple, you know, kind of way to do it. This is just the way that I do it. You know, it's, it works for me. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to share that with you. It's not scientific. I don't have a, I don't have like a, a word that goes along with an acronym, you know, and there's many ways that you can set goals out there. Many people teach how to set goals in your business. This is the way that I like to do it. So if you're a person that like, you know, all the, the fancy uh, acronyms for setting goals and what people teach, don't shred me. Okay. Don't, don't shred me. Cause I'm just giving you how I do it and what works for me. So again, here's how you can become powerful in the present by creating hope for the future in your business and by setting goals for your business. All right. So number one, set specific goals for what you want to accomplish in the next year and the next five years. All right. So specifically as you are doing, maybe as I've been, you're doing that end of year reflection on, on the year and then planning for the next year. Don't just set, uh, don't just set goals for the, for one year, but also set those for maybe three years or five years out that even bigger kind of wild, hairy, big, hairy, audacious goal, set those. Okay. Where do you want to be in the next year? And what do you want to accomplish in the next five years? Next set, make those revenue goals. Okay. Make those revenue goals. This is what I do. I start with the revenue. I want to know from a revenue perspective, where do I want to be at the end of 2024 in my businesses? Then where do I want to be in three to five years? Okay, I'm setting those goals, revenue goals. Then under each revenue goal, write out the big things that will have to happen for that goal to become reality. Let me say that again. Under each of those revenue goals, write out the big things that will have to happen for that goal to become a reality. 
All right, so let me give you some examples. Just as an example, for me to hit X amount of dollars in revenue, I will have to have 10,000 people on my email list. For me to hit X amount of dollars in revenue, I will have to spend X amount of dollars on Facebook ads every month. For me to have X amount in revenue at the end of 2024, I'll need to hire three people, right? These are not real, real things, but these are examples. For me to uh, accomplish X revenue goal by the end of 2024, I'll have to have the conversion rate on my store at 3%, right? And you can look at if I grew it from 1% to 3%, oh my gosh, what kind of impact would that make? Okay, so write out what big things will have to happen uh, before that goal to become reality. And then lastly, under each of those goals, write out the actions you'll need to take to accomplish those goals. This is how you reverse engineer your way to, to one of these goals, to your revenue goal. Okay, so if we say that uh, we need to have 10,000 people on our email list to accomplish revenue goal X, maybe that's $100,000 in sales. Let's say, let's say you're going to do, your goal is I'm going to do six figures in sales in 2024. And you say, I'm going to need 10,000 people on my email list. Okay. Now the final step is what do you need to do? What actions do you need to take to actually get those 10,000 people? Right. And if I guarantee if you write that on a whiteboard and put it right in front of your, right in front of your, uh, your laptop or your computer, and you look at it every single day, you're going to be focused on how to get those 10,000 people on that email list, right? But write out for each of those things that has to happen, what are the steps and the actual actions you're going to need to do each day, week, and month to actually accomplish those. Okay, so that was when there's no hope for the future, there's no power in the present. I want you to have hope for the future in your business. Set those goals uh, and, and write out, how, reverse engineer how you can accomplish those goals. Okay, number three, and the final the final lesson uh, of, of this podcast episode to blow up your business. Number three, consistency is the key to almost everything. Anytime that I am, am, am wanting to talk about how to grow your business on any level, the first thing that always comes to my mind is consistency. I think as humans, we generally give up too soon on things. It's just what we do. We get impatient. We blame other factors. We say things like, mm, this just doesn't work. Instead of saying, I have, just haven't done this long enough, right? There are so many examples of how consistency is the key to growth. Uh, but I, I first want to tell you that, you know, I see this, um, as I mentioned on other things, I see this so often in the with the students that I work, work with inside shirt school, inside six figure founder coaching, you know, when it comes to things like social media, right? You, you, you're doing social media and, and, and a student comes and they say, it just, it's not working. I'm not growing. Right. And so we pull up their social media account. Maybe we pull up their Instagram account and it's like, you've only posted one time per week for four weeks and it's really sporadic and there's no really, you know, there's kind of no rhyme or reason. It's just kind of like four random posts over the last month. Why haven't you been posting every day? Right. They're not being consistent. Right. Um, but so, so you know, I see that in email, email marketing, right? Like, you know, people just not consistent with it. They say like email marketing doesn't work. I was actually talking to, I was in Miami, um, last week teaching a class for a friend of mine, uh, on print on demand for a group. And a, a guy was there at lunch talking about 
uh, talking to me about his email list and he, he was saying, I've got this email list. I'm not making enough money for it. I'm hiring, I'm hiring agencies to try to optimize it, yada, yada. And you know, it's like, how often are you sending? I'm asking him, how often are you sending emails? And he's kind of giving me these, he might be listening to this, but <laughs> he's kind of giving me these, they weren't very specific answers. It's kind of like, ah, you know, two, three times a week, once a week, you know, well, um, what are your open rates? Oh, you know, they're, they're pretty good. What are they? Didn't really, you know, doesn't really know the open rates. Um, and you know, what, what, you know, maybe to, if you, you know, I'm telling him if you want higher open rates, adjust the subject line, yada, yada. But kind of the thing we came back to, you know, with him was he just needs to email more. He just needs to send more emails to that list. Right. And optimize as it goes and be consistent with it. Right. Consistency is the key. Anyways, here's what I believe. If you do anything enough times, you will get better at it. If you do anything enough times, you will get better at it. Now, some people might be saying, you know, you, you, you might be doing, you, you, if, you, if, you're doing, if you're doing something over and over, but you're doing the wrong thing, you're not going to get better at it. Or, or you're, you know, if you don't have strategy, if you don't have yada, yada, right? A lot of people will, will kind of say that. But I think there's some truth to that. But I, th- I also think it's true that we as humans are going to self-analyze as we're doing things, and we can kind of figure some things out, okay? Now, I'm not saying that you're going to grow exponentially fast by just doing something over and over, right? We're going to talk about that in a second. But let's talk about a few examples in our life. Let's talk about fitness is the easiest one, right? If you lift weights every day for a week, will you have bigger muscles? The answer probably not. Maybe you might see a little bit of something, but probably not much going to happen. Now, if you lift weights every day for a a month, will you have bigger muscles? Slightly, maybe, maybe just a little bit bigger. If you lift weights every day for a year, will you have bigger muscles? The answer is yes, you will have bigger muscles. If not bigger, they will be very defined and you will probably look like a completely different person, right? Anything, there's so many examples in life. We just think about how does a baby learn to walk? Well, first it crawls, right? Your baby's about six months old and it starts crawling. I think I've heard some babies walk before crawling, but most babies, they crawl, right? And that's, that teaches them how to get around and it, it teaches them, oh my gosh, I can get around in it. And that's how I explore things and find new things, right? Then they stand, right? And your baby's maybe six, seven, eight months old and it's standing, but it's got to hold onto the table. That baby's got to hold onto the table. And it's, and, and I remember, I remember my, you know, my son and my daughter, they're walking all the way around the table and it's like, you're standing so well, why don't you just walk? Right. But they, they got to hold onto that table for stability. Then they start to walk, right? you know, 10 months, a year, somewhere in that range, they start to kind of start to take those steps, start to walk. But what's wild is they fall down a lot, right? They're not, they're not stable, right? They're not good at walking yet, but then they gradually get better over years by just doing it over and over and over and over. And back to what I said earlier is that what's interesting about babies is they don't like, you don't really teach them to walk right? They figure it out and they self-analyze. They just get better over time, becomes muscle memory. Okay. And I just think it's so interesting because I think about my son who, you know, when he was three, even five, he would run and we would look at him run and we're like, he runs funny. 
Like, why does he run like that? Why does he wobble? And he kind of runs funny, you know what I mean? And even today, he's about to be eight years old uh, in a couple days from this, when this podcast release. Sometimes when I watch him run, I'm like, he's, he's, he's great at running. He's athletic. He plays basketball. He plays baseball. But it's like, he still looks a little, little funny. Like, he's still, he's still actually growing into his body and getting better at running and walking, right? Getting more, more refined at it. So, so interesting because I just, like, it sometimes takes kids years to really get good at walking. Isn't that so interesting? Just consistency. So if you want to get better at creating content, create something every day for the next 90 days. You will get better. If you want to get better at running Facebook ads, run Facebook ads campaigns over and over and watch them as they become more profitable as you optimize based on the data. If you want better designs, release more designs and look at what performs better than others and keep releasing more and optimizing, right? Now, you know, back to what I back to what I said, just to give you kind of one example, is some people might say if you're doing the same thing over and over, but you're not doing the right thing, you won't get better, or you don't have strategy, or don't have, you know, teaching or coaching. I think that's true to an extent. Most, but I think most people with most things can identify small things and improve. Okay. I think you get better slowly by doing something over and over and self-analyzing. So I'm gonna give you one more example, and that's uh, with, with pickleball, I play pickleball and some of you, I know some of your listeners out, some of the listeners out there, you guys are going to be like pickleball. It's not even a real sport. Play tennis, man. Tennis is, is for real athletes. Well, I agree and disagree, but pickleball at the higher levels, it's really flipping competitive. And it's, it's one of those things that's pickleball is easy to play, but it, and, but it's hard to get really good at just like mo- you know, a lot of things. So I'm trying to get to, you know, kind of the next level in pickleball. I play like five times a week. You know, right now, kind of approaching that 4-0 level. I'm trying to get over that hump to really compete with the 4-0s at my, at, you know, in my groups. Um, and, and I'm trying to figure out how to get to that 4-0 level. And I just think if you, you know, if you're, if you're playing something like pickleball, right, and you continually hit the ball into the net, eventually you're going to figure out, you know, what to do to get that ball over the net. If you keep hitting the same shot, they keep hitting the same ball to you, and you keep hitting that same shot, into the net or out of the court, you're going to make adjustments to get that ball, you know, inbounds or, or over the net. You don't actually need somebody to show you exactly what to do in most cases to make those minor adjustments. Now there are bigger things that will help you accelerate quicker. And that's what I want to talk to you about next is that if you want to get exponentially better, faster, you intro, you have to introduce strategy. You have to, int- you know, introduce the strategy, right? So consistency plus strategy equals fast growth. Consistency plus strategy equals fast growth. You can do the same thing over and over and you'll get better, but it's going to take longer. And if you want to get better faster, you need strategy. Okay. If you understand the strategy, you can make quicker adjustments and you can get better faster. So, you know, back to the pickleball example, if you keep hitting into the net, you might be able to self-analyze and over time you're going to figure that out. But if you do have somebody there that just says, Hey, just flip your paddle over a little bit, flip your grip over. Or they say, you know, bend your knees or, uh, or loosen your grip, right? They tell you exactly what to do. Then all of a sudden you can solve that problem in minutes instead of days or weeks. Okay. So it's, it's, it's faster, right? So here's how you can use consistency in your business to get better results. I want to give you break it down in actionable steps for you in 2024 to be consistent. 
and how that can how that can help you. So number one, learn a skill and understand the strategy. Before you can do the thing and start to get better at it, you need to learn the skill. Okay. Back to the pickleball example. If you go out there and you've never swung a racket, you've never swung a paddle, you've never played a racket sport like ping pong or tennis or badminton or racquetball, it's going to be very hard. You, you pro- very hard to get good. You probably need the basic teaching of how to swing a paddle, right? You need that. You need that, some of that coaching, some of that teaching. If you've never run a business, it will exponentially make you so much faster from beginning to results. If you go and learn the skill first, okay. Uh, I'm thinking of thinking of quotes and examples of that, and I, I don't I don't want to butcher the one I'm thinking of. So so I'm gonna uh, actually I'm gonna say it. Uh, it was from Abraham Lincoln. I'm gonna butcher it, but he talks about chopping down a tree, okay. And he says, you know, if I wanted to chop, I don't remember the exact numbers, but if I wanted to chop down a tree in you know three days, let's say a week, if I wanted to chop chop down a tree in seven days. He wouldn't, Abraham Lincoln wouldn't just chop, keep chopping the tree for seven days. He'd spend the first six days or whatever, first five, six days coming up with the strategy of how he's, how he can chop down the tree. And he'd spend one day actually chopping down the tree. It's pretty, pretty interesting, right? Pretty interesting to think about. I know I probably butchered that, but if you know, email me or (laughs) shoot me up on Instagram, hit me up on Instagram and tell me, tell me where I messed that up. But anyways, so number one, you need to learn a skill. How do you do that? You do it through courses, coaching, books, training, okay? You have to learn what to do and how to do something before you can attempt to take action on it, okay? Number two, take action on that skill. So number one, learn the skill. Number two, take action on the skill. Do it every day and set a goal for yourself. Commit to 30, 60, or 90 plus days, okay? You say, I'm going to do this every single day for the next 90 days, I've learned the skill. I'm going to do it every day for the next 90 days. And third, make adjustments as you go. When you find something that works, do more of that thing, right? Do more of that thing. So that's a very, very easy way to do it. But the problem is most people get stuck in that second, that second step, which is taking action every single day and committing to a time frame. Okay, for me, what works for me is actually putting a time commitment on it. A lot of times when we want to do something, like let's say a diet, fitness, and I'm, I'm not the greatest at accomplishing my fitness goals, I'll tell you that. But most of the time we say, you know what, I'm just going to make a life change and I'm just going to change to this thing. But we don't actually put a time frame on it. Okay, so what I would encourage you to do, if you have a specific skill that you want to get really good at, let's take social media. For instance, I want to get sales from social media. Okay, you say I'm going to post every day but you put actually time frame on it. I'm going to do this every day for 90 days. Now, maybe at the end of 90 days, you might, you might want to do another 90 days. You might want to keep going, whatever. But by putting that time frame on it, you have something you're working towards and it, it, it helps you stay committed. Okay. So, you know, Hey, I got, let me just do this for 90 days. You can stay committed to it. You can say, I'm, I know, I just know in my mind, I'm doing this for 90 days. I'm on day 32. Right. And you're working towards that, that end date. Again, you can expand that past it. You can do longer, but uh, that's that's one place I think people get stuck is you don't set a time frame for yourself, right? And, and you just end up quitting because it's like, I don't even know where I'm going, right? Going back to number two, uh, hope for the future, right? <laughs> Have some hope for the future. All right. So here's the truth. Be okay with sucking on day one when it comes to consistency. 
you're not going to be good on day one. On day 15, you might suck a little less. On day 30, you'll suck even a little less than, than you did on day 15. On day 60, you might have a little bit of results. You might be seeing a little bit of results. On day 90, you're starting to get the hang of this. On day 180, six months, you're picking up momentum. On day 365, you're going to wake up and be really freaking good at whatever you are doing and where you're trying to go and what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, so I hope that was super helpful for you today. The three lessons, just to kind of recap those at the end of this episode. Number one, simplify everything always. Number two, when there's no hope for the future, there is no power in the present. And number three, consistency is the key to almost everything you want to accomplish. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope you found it helpful as we end this year and jump into a new year. And uh, I'm excited for this podcast in 2024. I'm excited for where I'm going in my business in 2024. And I'm excited to connect with more of you in 2024. So have a great day. Enjoy the new year. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us an honest review on whichever platform you're listening from. Thanks. Have a great day. And we'll see you soon. Oh,